This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. He found a certain Jew named Aquila, a man of Pontus by race, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. He came to them, and because he practiced the same trade, he lived with them and worked, for by trade they were tent makers. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. Paul also had this to say in his farewell address to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, verses 33 to 35. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel, You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul's tent-making allowed him to offer the gospel free of charge while planting new churches, so as not to unnecessarily burden the church while in its infancy. He didn't want money to be a stumbling block for people receiving Jesus. Paul wasn't in it for the money or to take advantage of others. He gave of himself completely for the benefit of others. No one was going to accuse him of seeking converts for the sake of enriching himself. Paul would say in Acts 20, 24, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Perhaps it could be prudent for modern-day missionaries or pastors, for example, to have a trade on hand to fall back on, especially if the missionary is going into uncharted territory regarding the gospel, reaching new people groups or areas without established church bodies where financial support is limited. Paul's example has been followed by many today. In the modern missions movement, people call any work that a missionary does to support himself on the mission field, tent-making. There were certainly seasons in Paul's ministry life where he utilized the strategy of tent-making for good reason. There were also times he received financial support from churches so that he could focus on ministry. One could argue tent-making isn't always ideal, but sometimes necessary. If the opportunity affords itself for a minister of the gospel to fully devote his time and energy to the ministry of the word, this could be optimal in many cases. Take, for example, what the twelve apostles said in Acts chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, Pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we'll appoint to this duty. 
but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. While tent making is a good way to do ministry, we can keep in mind that ministers of the gospel have every right to earn a living from preaching, and in many cases, ministers being able to devote themselves full-time to ministry is even better. It depends likely on the circumstances and the specific call from God for that individual. Paul worked side-by-side side with Aquila and his wife Priscilla in Corinth when they first met. They would grow to have a strong relationship with a bond of unity and partnership in the gospel. They'll end up spending a year and a half together in Corinth for the sake of the gospel. Paul no doubt had deep affection for them, as reflected later in his letter to the Romans, chapter 16, verses 3 through 4. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Let's continue reading from Acts 18, starting in verse 4. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. Paul would later explain his manner of preaching among those in Corinth from his letter in 1 Corinthians 2, 1-16. And here's part of what he wrote. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul would later explain his manner of preaching among those in Corinth from his letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Acts 18 verse 5 notes that Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia. Remember Paul had been with them in Thessalonica and Berea. After the Thessalonian Jews incited riots in both Thessalonica and then Berea, the Christian brothers in Berea sent Paul away, but Silas and Timothy stayed there in Macedonia for a while with the intent to come to him when it was possible. Silas and Timothy would eventually catch up with Paul in Corinth, where they assuredly would have given a report to Paul regarding how the church in Macedonia was doing. The report, according to 1 Thessalonians 3, was that they were remaining steadfast in the faith. I imagine this would have brought Paul extreme joy, probably just the boost he needed. No wonder then that Silas and Timothy's new visit corresponded with Paul being, quote, compelled by the Spirit, end quote, in his witness to the Jews. Before their visit, he was habitually and routinely reasoning with the Jews in the synagogue every Sabbath. But upon their arrival in Corinth, Paul was now really pumped up. He was inspired and invigorated, supercharged, having reconnected with his familiar missionary companions who brought a great report. It would be there in Corinth, after Silas and Timothy's return to Paul, 
where he would write his epistle to the Thessalonian church, expressing the joy he felt for the good news of their faith and love. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 6-10, through 10, But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us, as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, and all our distress and affliction, we've been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what's lacking in your faith? Have you ever been stuck in a rut? At work doing what you're called to be doing, but perhaps in a manner that lacked the passion and divine inspiration you once had, or that lacked the passion and divine inspiration you needed to take things to the next level. There was a missing ingredient, and maybe you weren't even aware of what you lacked, or that there was a need, until suddenly you were infused with inspiration, passion, and new vigor. Maybe it was sparked by good news, fresh circumstances, or seeing an old friend. Whatever the case, the Holy Spirit moved in you and worked through you in a fresh and inspiring way to accomplish something to which God had called you to do. I think of the Apostle Paul here in Corinth, routinely going to the synagogue Sabbath after Sabbath, reasoning with the same Jews week after week, and perhaps seeing little progress. It could have worn on him for sure. Then Silas and Timothy come with a good report from Macedonia, and suddenly he's quote-unquote compelled by the Spirit in his witness to the Jews. Have we received similar sorts of divine turbo boosts when we've been bogged down in the marshes? Being involved in Christian ministry comes with it all sorts of challenges and spiritual warfare. I've certainly had my share of days and even seasons in the dumps, stuck in the rut of routine, not seeing the fruit I'd hoped for, at a lack for working with the passionate zeal I once had, struggling to find fresh motivation. Maybe that's been you too at times. But God is always at work, and it's nice from time to time to be reminded that God is in control. We can trust and rest in Him and rely on His strength to accomplish what He's called us to do, not our own. From time to time, we too, like Paul, need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit upon our hearts in our ministry efforts, which also reminds us that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And God will from time to time move in me in a unique way that I can only attribute to His Holy Spirit. He will also at times bring someone along my path for the day or season that reminds me why I do what I've been called to do. For example, how it's impacting people for the glory of Christ receiving an occasional quote-unquote good report and hearing, for example, how those to whom you've ministered are being impacted for the glory of Christ through your ministry certainly reinvigorates. Knowing God is at work and that what we do in the Lord is not in vain is heartening. Paul would actually write later to the church in Corinth, perhaps in part inspired by his own experience there, My beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 
And that's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. was not ashamed from the Adams Road album Immeasurable. Oh 
That was I Am, from the Adams Road album, Son of Man.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 18, verses 4 through 6. Grace and peace be with you all.